Welcome to the Open House Podcast. Conversations exploring life, faith and hope with Stephen O'Doherty. Well, on Open House, we've been taking the issue of climate variability and its effects on us as a society pretty seriously tonight. We did have a discussion a bit earlier with Professor Leslie Hughes, one of the authors of the Climate Commission's report this week on deluge and drought, warning about the effects of climate change on our weather patterns. We're getting what we call an intensified water cycle, drier at the dry end, wetter and more intense at the wet end leading to flooding. Well, that's just a little snapshot of that interview. You'll be able to see hear the full interview on our Open House podcast site, openhousecommunity.com.au, in a few days. Debate about climate change is divisive. The way we talk about it, even the language that we use, can instantly set people against each other. And I just don't think that's right. If it has the effect of shutting down discussion about the real impact on real people, their daily lives, their safety, their livelihood... Well, surely that's a very bad thing indeed, which we ought to be concerned about as Christians. But in our sometimes uh, entitled Western way, we can adopt a fighting stance. Goodness, even the fate of political leaders is slugged out on the climate change ring, isn't it? Denialists in one corner, believers in the other corner. And we get stuck on this red herring. If you don't believe climate change is man-made or at least has been contributed to by society's activities, especially in the last century, well, then we're not to blame. And if we're not to blame, we don't have to do anything about it. Well, here's a very different approach. One that I want to suggest is far more in keeping with our Christian conviction of all being in this together, all made in God's image, all worthy of dignity, all worthy of assistance. Each year, Caritas Australia joins with Caritas in other Pacific nations to produce the State of the Environment Report for Oceania. The 2018 report is titled Waters of Life, Oceans of Mercy. It's about the effects of a changing climate on the people of Oceania. That includes includes us and our neighbours, New Zealand, Fiji, Tonga, Western Samoa, Papua New Guinea, and so on. This year's report looks at five themes, coastal erosion, flooding and sea rise, extreme weather, food and water security, offshore mining, and climate finance. That's about whether those most affected by climate issues are actually able to get access to the funds that are given for assistance. And Caritas, a Christian organisation, uses an approach based on the Polynesian tradition. So not our Western slug-it-out sort of ideological debates, but a tradition called Tala Talafoa. That's a word that means getting together for a real honest talk a family talk. The Director of Advocacy at Caritas Australia is Nick Nelson. The debate itself around climate change is, uh, it can be pretty heated, but I think when you step back from that and look at the personal impact of it, of climate change and even environmental issues as well, um, it's quite a profound discussion. And what we try and do in this report is, is tease out some of those stories. So uh, one, of the, one of the stories we look at is in Samoa with... Um, Malia Masoe and her family. So when Cyclone Gita hit, um, obviously it caused terrible damage there in the capital of Apia, um, you know, shutting down businesses, destroying homes, etc. But what happened afterwards was just as bad. So around uh, the water which stayed and, and stayed in homes and, um, and caused diseases and, and prevented people from going back to work and doing all that good stuff developing the country, um, 
when you start to look at those stories and the impact it has on people, uh, you kind of get a different picture of the climate debate and the environmental debate. And I think um, that's something that we should all be very cognizant of in Australia is, is how that's affecting our brothers and sisters in the Pacific. To make that link, we've got to... Uh, use some of the data that you've compiled for this report, which talks mm. about the increase in the number of these severe weather events, because people say, yep. well, cyclones have always been with us. Well, that's hardly the point. We're getting more of them, and by the yeah. way, they're not a great thing, um, and they leave behind these devastating impacts. Talk to me about the data you've compiled on that. Yeah, so a lot of the data here we've got is... Um you know, it's it's working. It's what we've picked up from working with our partners. So, uh, in terms of what they've seen over the last you know decades working in the Pacific, um, it's characters Samoa, Tonga, um, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, and ourselves that have uh, largely contributed to this report. And what we're picking up on is that yeah, there are inc- increased cyclones and there is uh, declining rainfall and uh, worsening food shortages as well. And, so even anecdotally, we're looking at issues where there has been a significant change in, in weather patterns and extreme weather events that makes life more difficult. And I think, you know, we can get into those debates about whether or not it's man-made or, or not, but that we have to deal with the reality on the ground. And the reality on the ground is that things are being made worse by these weather patterns. And so part of that is a, is a, a required response, I think, from Australia, um, considering that Pacific Islands have done so little to contribute to climate change through their own emissions uh, and they're feeling the worst impacts of it uh, in their own homes. In in Samoa, as you talked about Apia, um, Mm. here's a quote from one of the people, we used to have a garden but the floods happened so often that everything's been lost. Now, you know, there is nothing subtle about that problem. No, there's not at all. And, you know, it's not just Samoa, it's places like Kiribati as well that are looking at, actually not just looking at, they've um, the former government of Kiribati bought parcels of land in Fiji so that if the water rise continues and their land no longer becomes inhabitable, they'll move to Fiji. So, uh, you know, it's... Um, it's a massive problem. Yeah, well, you know, you speak also about extreme weather events. It's one mm. of your um, one of the areas of focus for you, and you make the point: it's the poor who suffer most. The poor yep. who suffer the most from the ravages of global warming, with increasing disruption in the agricultural sector, water insecurity, and exposure to severe weather events. That's right. Yeah, and I think that's something we all need to consider a bit as Australians. We've been doing a lot of development work in the Pacific for the last 40, 50, 60 years. And, you know, bit by bit, we're seeing that the Pacific Islands are, you know, the architects of their own development. And, they're re- you know, there's a lot of improvements in um, education, in, in mortality rates and that sort of thing. But if we're going to allow the impacts of climate change to reverse that development work, it, it seems a bit, you know... It, it seems a bit counterintuitive. Um, the hospital that was built in the Solomon Islands recently uh, underwent um, significant damage because of, um, of flooding. Mm. So then the maternity ward had to be evacuated. So, mm. you know, it, mm. it, it runs you say, counter counterintuitive. to what we're trying to do. Now, yeah. one of your partners, Ursula, from Bougainville, yes. she says there are more storms and they're happening almost all year round. And you might say, oh, well, that's a bit inconvenient for us. No, it's more than inconvenient. She says, this makes travelling between the islands and the mainland more dangerous. Last year, we lost a boat. We lost a boat with 10 people and electrical equipment on board. We have lost four boats in recent years. 
Yeah, it's, um, you know, sometimes in our urbanised life in Australia, it's hard to um, pick up on the different ways people live in the Pacific. And uh, when you consider something like that and how essential transport is to Pacific Islanders, it's not just uh, roads, but it is also boats. And uh, as we know, uh, that is very affected by, by weather patterns. Mm. Um, it's it's certainly a different kettle of fish when, when, in terms of the infrastructure and the sort of challenges that we're dealing with here. So, um, yeah, our hope is that our report helps to you know increase that dialogue and that discussion, as we said, on the impacts of uh, climate change and environmental damage on the Pacific and, and their way of life. Now, one of your focus areas is uh, the extraction of... Uh, minerals and other things from the land, the changing patterns of land use, perhaps is one way of putting it. And here's a great quote from a a partner in West Papua. Mm. The local people used to be the owner of the land, now they're the borrowers. Yeah, that's right. So what we've seen is, um, especially in places like West Papua and uh, Papua, and we we know the the challenge in West Papua around... um, you know, community uh, land ownership and whatnot, but especially in Papua New Guinea as well, 12% of um, of local land is now being uh, put away for logging, which is often um, completely felling land and putting in palm oil plantations, for example, which, mm. um, you know, we're, we're quite heavy consumers of over here in, in Australia. Um, so there are significant issues uh, regarding land clearing and, and land ownership as well. So it's not just climate change, but, you know, resource, uh, natural resource degradation too. So, you know, these people have a right to their own development. I mean, there's no question of that. Um, but it also has a, a significant environmental impact as well. So, Well, um, there's no reason that you can't necessarily have both of those things together. That's correct, yeah. And there's a great example from Fiji, actually, that we have, um, that we've been working on a project um, which is... Based around hydro hydropower, so mm-hmm. there's a there's a dam in uh, one of the islands in Fiji, and that dam provides um, electricity for hydropower. It provides irrigation for farming, and it also p- provides clean drinking water as well. So when there's a lack of rainfall or lack of electricity or even a lack of food, um, the locals over there are quite well well off. Well, not well off, but they're well serviced from that that dam. And so they're living sustainably, they're living within their means, um, and, you know, it's just a smart, locally-led solution uh, that produces results without having a significant impact on the environment. So Mm. it's those stories of hope, it's those stories of of partnership and and discussion that we want to be sort of talking about and and trying to profile in our work. Our guest on Open House is Nick Nelson. He's the Director of Advocacy for Caritas Australia, and they've released their... Uh, annual Waters of Life, Oceans of Mercy, State of the Environment report for Oceania, a region that we all live in and benefit from, and the common theme of water is really important. One of the themes you've pulled out this year is the mining of the seabed. Yeah, so that's that's a developing one. Um, you see across the Pacific, uh, especially in Papua New Guinea, Samoa, and I believe even Kiribati, uh, a lot of multinational corporations are starting to go in now and looking at the opportunities to mine the seabed, so about 1,600 metres below sea level. Largely, uh, in some of these areas, you know, the drilling methods have been untested and you just a lot of the concerns from the locals, not only is um, some of the, the testing of the uh, equipment being done on um, traditional burial lands, as, as is profiled in the report, in Papua New Guinea. Uh, but a lot of it is, you know, quite new technology and, and quite unseen in the Pacific. So 
uh, you do it does make you wonder are we just one step away from a potential uh, environmental disaster within our own neighbourhood which I'm sure many people would be fairly uncomfortable with the prospect of yes I will call that an emerging issue tell me the story of Australia that you've discovered this year yeah, so uh, some of the work we're doing with our um, Indigenous Rangers project programs uh, in Australia is profiled in the report, and I'd encourage people to go and to go and have a look uh, themselves because it's, it's quite a good one. Um, but we we really wanted to profile Australia as well. It's not just a story of um, our Pacific Island uh, neighbours, but to look at you know some of the work that's been done by Indigenous Rangers to increase uh, availability of, of of food up up in northern Australia in terms of um, uh, turtles, actually. Um, mm. So it's you know it's a good story that I'd, I'd recommend people to go and uh, read up themselves on. But certainly there's some uh, interesting stuff there in Australia, and um, yeah, it's uh, we're all you know it's all part of the brotherhood of the Pacific. I think that's what we have to be looking at, and it's all um, you know certainly our Pacific uh, brothers and sisters are, are strong, committed Christians, and I think that there's um, you know a, a big link between us and you know those in Papua New Guinea and, and Fiji and, and whatnot, and certainly there's uh, a lot to be done. Well, Nick, you mentioned uh, our obligation to our Christian brothers and sisters, to all our brothers and sisters, and it is interesting. Caritas takes to heart um, the encyclical of uh, of the Pope mm. about the ecology and changes in environment, and I, I love the quote you've also included right at the front of your report from St. Francis of Assisi. Mm. Praised be you, my Lord, through sister water, so useful, humble, precious and pure. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, it is. And, you know, one of the um, conundrums in the Pacific is these are islands, like ourselves, surrounded by water. And like ourselves, has an issue with with water itself, whether it's drought or whatnot. But mm. 60% of um, people in Papua New Guinea face water shortages at some time during the year. Mm. So you wouldn't... It's, it's very counterintuitive, again, to be thinking about... Um, the fact that Pacific Islands, of all places, in beautiful tropical islands surrounded by oceans and beaches, would have water problems. But due to the changing temperatures and the lack of rainfall and this uh, salination of, of water sources, mm. uh, it's becoming a significant problem. I mean, it's, you have to think about it, just scratch the surface a little bit more. In places like Tuvalu with the lagoons, what's happening is as the sea level rises, it's creeping up underneath the lagoons and salinating one of their few... Uh, all year round sources of water supply so it's it's kind of that creeping slow issue that you you pick up over years it's so hard to debate and discuss about um that's having a significant societal impact so it's a it's a really creeping and and massive issue for them yes something we must be aware of well nick thank Mm. you so much for putting the report together where can people find it yeah, so they can go to our website, so www.caritas.org.au forward slash Oceania. And thank you for being with us. Thanks for your time. Yeah, Nick is the uh, head of advocacy for Caritas, Nick Nelson. The uh, Caritas uh, organisation is a, is a Catholic care and advocacy organisation, and it takes its... Um, I guess, departure point for some of this from the encyclical of Pope uh, Francis, wasn't it? Um, Care of creation or care for our common home. And in particular, Pope Francis acknowledged it's essential to show special care for indigenous communities and their cultural traditions. It really is worth looking at this, even for the pictures alone, but I think it'll really uh, raise your awareness about some of the 
um, concerns and problems and a lot of the beauty, really, that is um, entrusted to our brothers and sisters in the Oceania region. Go to the Caritas website and look for their Waters of Life, Oceans of Mercy report. Discover more Open House podcasts at openhousecommunity.com.au.